Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. From the cases of missing and murdered in the Midwest, we're digging deeper with guests who see these crimes from the inside out. This is Crime Chat. And here's your host, Toria Wilson. I should start us off? Yeah, if, I think so. You you don't want to start this? No. I'm, you, you don't Do you want me to? I can. I'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, hey guys. Hey y'all. How, yeah, like what's the what's the tone? Should we have an intro? Well, usually, I mean, the intro. The first time I, I think I introduced you. Yeah, but I mean, we don't need to do that. Yeah. People know me, I think, by now, don't you think? Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, you could literally just start with this conversation. Mm-hmm. Because I have my. Is it recording right now? No. What? Oh. No. Yeah. Yes, it is. Is it? Yeah. Oh it my is. God. <laughs> You're gonna have a lot to cut down. No. This is fun. <laughs> It's so casual. That's true. I guess that's true. All right. So people can so. listen. Hi, welcome back to Crime Chat. Crime Chats. <laughs> oh, my God. For such a small area, there's a lot going on. What? Crime related. Yes. And uh, we're going to get back into episodes here shortly. Yeah. We're going to do a sort of like season two. Mm-hmm. We took a break. Yep. A very sudden break. <laughs> but it happens when you're starting off a new passion project. Yes. Well, because so, so in the end of October, we were supposed to do the whole um, week-long Halloween stuff. And unfortunately, um, when they started to air, I was in Massachusetts. Ooh, my bad. Yep. And so we were still publishing the episodes, but unfortunately, because of me being 1,500 miles away and some technical issues, I was not able to get that done. Right. And by the time I got back, I was just so exhausted that I was just like, I'm sorry, I can't. And I was very disappointed in myself, and so that's why I haven't published anything. (laughs) But it's okay, because Halloween, I mean, like the episodes that we did put out I thought were really great oh yeah they were super interesting oh yeah I mean the butcher episode was my favorite one to put together yeah I mean I hope everybody listening listened to the Halloween episodes because those were oh they were crazy the best yeah I couldn't like when I was doing the research on those I was like wait these are a thing like these happened in our area yeah it's like how is this even real because it that's the whole that was the whole point of like all of those stories is mm-hmm. like this seems like it should be a scary story or a scary movie, but this is real, guys. Real life. <laughs> this is our real life. Oh, my God. Well, then, you know, we we took our break 
And in the time since, like, there's been updates to some of the other cases that we've covered. Right. So, for instance, um, Charity Appleby, uh, we're coming up on the one year since they found the boat. So if you listen to the episode, that boat is, like, possibly, like, that key piece of evidence that might say, yes, this is where she was last. And because the boat is fiberglass, like, they can be able to trace it still. It's been 30 years, but they can still do it. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, So I have put out the call to try to see if I can get info on that. And, I mean, Detective Michael Griffin, if you listen to that crime chat <laughs> with him, I mean, he was, you know, he was really pushing, you know, trying to get that information. But that was in May. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows where that report is. Right. And so I put out that email, like, two weeks ago, and I'm still waiting. But I, I believe in Griff. Yeah. He's going to yeah. come through. He's great. He's a great guy. He is. And then you go from that, and then this week... Sarah Kolb, so if you listen to the Adrian Reynolds episode, that one, which that case just still blows my mind to this day. Yeah. Um, well, Sarah and Corey, they're both working on trying to get out. Um, they are working off an Illinois Supreme Court ruling that said that because they were minors, technically, and because they never had any criminal offense underneath them, that they can potentially have a reduced sentence or be let go. Right. It really depends. What was their sentencing again? Was it life or? Uh, I think it was like 60 years for the, yeah, was... for the two of them because they could get out. Right. They, they could still get out. Yeah, because they're still having, yeah, okay. And Corey's point that he made was the fact that when he does get out, he'll be like in his 80s and he won't be able to work and he mm. won't be able to find like a suitable place to live. And right. So he's trying to make all those points, but it's like, you still chopped a girl up. Yeah, like, you, exactly. You, like, you can't tell me that that's... Pretty, pretty heinous. That's, uh, that's okay. Like, hey, right. be free now. How old were you in that case? Well, that was 05, yeah. so 13. And I was an emo kid. Yeah. <laughs> you were there. Oh, my God. My, my mom was petrified for me. She's like, don't go I near bet. people. I bet. Did like, she, like, talk to you guys about that case at all? No. No, no. I, I heard about it, I think, on my own. Yeah. But, I mean, being an emo kid and, like, you know, there was the whole stereotypical, you know, Sarah and Corey and Adrian, they were goth kids. And right. My, my mom was like. so she's All so the scared. stereotypes that come along yeah. with that image. <laughs> my, so I wasn't. I mean, I was alive, but I was, like, really young. Mm -hmm. But my older cousins, I'm pretty sure, went to, like, Rocky at the time that they were, like, either, like, had just graduated or were, like, still there, which is, like, so crazy to me. Yeah. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That, oh, so intense. Hometown stuff. But, yeah, so Sarah had a hearing this week, and so that hearing was to set another hearing. So we'll have to wait till that hearing to see... If she could get resentenced. Now, Corey, the the judge ruled that, yes, he can be resentenced, but then the state appealed that. So they're trying to battle that out and keep him in and stuff. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Lots of ongoing updates, too. Mm-hmm. And then with that, yeah, I mean, you know. It's these, never ending. No. These, I mean, it really isn't. These cases don't end. Like, no. a lot of people are like, oh, like, open and shut case. No, yeah. no. Like, and I think a lot of people think, like, you know, you cover it, it happens, but it's like, you know, all these people are living their lives in mm-hmm. prison, mm-hmm. and that comes with, like, so many updates, so many, like, 
life things that are happening to them Mm -hmm. behind bars. And it's, I don't know. Yeah. And not only that, I mean, you got to remember that there are families that are still sitting here, you know. Yeah. Like doing this every, like every day. Mm -hmm. Well, Joanne Reynolds, Adrian Reynolds' stepmother, I mean, I tried to get her on a crime chat and she, I mean, she is so upset that Corey had a hearing in the first place. Right. And she said that she wasn't told about it. And for her, like, I mean, you could just hear the heartbreak. I mean, it's been years since Mm -hmm. this case happened and yet she doesn't fully have closure. And she's sitting here hoping they stay in. Right. You know, and so for her, like, She's just heartbroken. Yeah. And it's like, of course, they're going to, like, appeal their case and try and get out. And, of course, that's going to, like, just be so traumatizing for their family. It's, like, on both sides. It's, like, it just never ends. And then the last update to all of our crazy cases (laughs) is uh, Nick Sheely. Mr. Spree Killer himself. Oh, my gosh. So it's it's not in even regards to him, hilariously enough. It's his parents. (laughs) Right. So a few weeks ago, his parents were arrested. I mean, they're in their, like, 60s. -hmm. And their parents, the parents were charged with sexual abuse of a child. And so they're in jail, or they were in jail for a little bit there. And obviously, it's like, oh, my God, like... The, like yeah. when you see the name Sheely, you're I remember just like, when I was here in the newsroom and like that name like came through our press release mm-hmm. pipeline or whatever. I was like, "There's no way that this is like yeah. his parents. Like, yeah. there's no way." And like, what what family connection right, could there be? Right, but it can't be his parents. I mean, like Sheely isn't like a super common last name, mm-hmm. but I was just like, it's it just can't be real. No, like, this is crazy. No, and so. Yeah, their parents, his parents are in jail. Well, the craziest part about the whole thing is, is that so we ran, we ran a story about it in the 10 o'clock news because uh, they, they were the first ones to be able to air it. And it was so funny because they, well, not funny, but kind of funny. Uh, they ran it where they said that Nick Sheely was a serial killer. Mm-hmm. And, for, <laughs> and for me, I'm like, I read this, you know, hours later and I'm like, he's not a serial killer. And so we, we have this thing, you, if you have a business or something like that, you might have heard of it. It's Slack. And so that's like our instant messenger here at the station. And so I published to everybody in the newsroom, hey, just a quick heads up, you know, like Nick Sheely isn't a serial killer. He's a spree killer by definition. Yeah. So here's my little post that explains what the definition is of a serial killer, a mass killer, and a spree killer. And I'm like, love your friendly neighborhood podcast host. And I'm just like, you're the only one that would like (laughs) know the difference and also like take the time to correct all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And and not only that, what is so funny about that is, is that everybody in the newsroom now thinks that I'm a serial killer. Like you know too much. It's like I'm not sorry about that. I'm, we, in a sense, reported inaccurate information, and true. I'm, I'm correcting it. This is true. Yeah, <laughs> we got to get our facts straight, especially yeah. with a podcast like this coming out of these studios. These yeah, people need to know what is up with yeah. these people. And and with that, you know, we we have a big, huge trial coming up in January, mm-hmm. which is when we're going to pick back up. It's yes. Anna Schroeder, hopefully. There's there's some hearings going on that they might delay the case, but right now, as of today, there's a trial that's supposed to begin January 16th. So that's the day that missing and murdered is coming back. Yes. 
And with Anna Schroeder, she and her case is so, you know, weird and, you know, it's so complex with mental health issues and, you know, parents issues and stuff like that. For her, we have a reporter that's going to go and there's a chance that I might do a couple of recaps of the trial itself. And when Marissa Sulek was talking about going up because they had this big, huge hearing for just like media the other week. And she was trying to like break it down and I like swivel my chair and I'm like, so what did you want to know about Anna Schroeder? <laughs> I was like, damn it, I need to stop doing that. Like, oh my gosh. But we have a lot of cases. So like with, with Anna Schroeder, the hope is, is that every day, once a trial, you know, concludes for the day, the next morning I'll be able to do a recap. Now right. mind you, I'm not I'm not gonna put a guarantee on this one. Sure. Since obviously Halloween week didn't happen. <laughs> but you were in Salem, which is also like really cool. Oh yeah, and you yeah. never take a vacation. No, so I never do. You deserve I, that. I sleep in this room. Actually. And plus, we had like three really solid episodes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so don't get too hung up. So on don't it. get too hung up. I, I I have tried not to, and that's why like I'm like all gung ho on doing like a million cases for, for season, season two. two. Yeah. <laughs> And then we got some missing persons cases mm-hmm. that I'm really excited about that I've got some, like, not new information, but there's new information always trying to come out with mm-hmm. these. So Jerry Wolking, he is a guy that's missing in Moline. Uh, I'm, I'm, I talked to Detective Michael Griffin again. and Griff, our guy. Yeah, <laughs> our man, he knows things. He's uh, so great. He, he uh, was, we were emailing back and forth not too long ago about Jerry Wolking and so that case is interesting. I mean, he's 50, mm-hmm. and he literally just disappears one night. And it's like, what happened to Jerry? Yeah. So it's really, I'm really excited to break that one down. Be probably shorter, but. And then my big case right Wait, now. Sorry to cut you off. So for the people that don't know, could you explain the Anna Schroeder case? Just like a little bit. Like yeah, people yeah. Like a tease and like at Elise, like maybe go back. Hey, Elise, edit this. Uh, Edit this part, please. Please copy and paste this. Um, So Anna Schroeder is a, she was 15 at the time, and so this case was almost three years ago. And she just up one day, like her mom comes home, she goes, oh, hey, I have a surprise for you, and covers her eyes, and mind you, her mom is deaf, and she takes a gun and shoots her right in the face. And the craziest part about that is is that it's not only that, obviously, she just murdered her mother, but she texts her best friend a picture of her. And then the best friend comes over, and the two of them come up with this evil plan to, you know, burn the house down and, you know, run away and all this other stuff. And so for their, you know, that case, they're... The, Defense attorney right now is trying to say that she was hopped up on, you know, a different million medications and she was overprescribed by different psychiatrists. So, and they're definitely, they're going after the Zoloft defense. They're blaming the pills Zoloft right now. So we'll see what happens there. That's, that's what the hang up right now with the hearing. So there's a chance that the trial might not happen because the judge might delay it because of her mental health and because of this um, ruling that the defense attorney's trying to get but we'll see you never know tbd tbd mm-hmm. it's always tbd these cases are always, always tbd i mean the older cases not really yeah, yeah. it's it, they become too except for like um the first one that we talked about yeah 
Uh, let's look at the list. Let's look at the list. Trudy. Trudy, yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> but I don't um, think that one's going to be, I don't think that one's going to be, I don't think they're going to like close that case until they have their answer. Well, of course. I think with that case though, I mean, we, we sat there after we had published it or when we were about to get ready to publish it as, as just like a missing and murdered, like yeah. Q, Q and A, like, yeah. And it was like me, you, Elise, and a bunch of other people in the newsroom. And we had this long discussion about Trudy and where she could be. And we were, like, trying to follow, like, the Mississippi River. Like, okay, if he did, if he threw her at this projectile at this speed, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like almost like a math equation. Like, we were really trying to break it down of where she could be. Yeah. And I've asked those questions. Like, if, if this was a possibility, could she be here? Or right. if this was a possibility, could she be here? But... Unfortunately, those answers are probably not going to come out until the day they find her. Yeah. You know, you just never know. I know. But then there are other cases, you know, that like one of them that I'm working on is Annette Cahill. Um, that was a that was a cold case for 30 years until right. two years ago. Just so crazy. She beats her lover or fiance. And we said it so many different ways mm-hmm. of what yeah. their relationship was. But Corey is beaten to death with a baseball bat. In his house. Yep. And boof, disappears. <laughs> and they never find the killer until 2017 when a woman who was like nine at the time of the case claims she saw Annette. Yeah. What? Yeah. And and so I mean, she was she had a mistrial earlier this year and then was convicted a couple months later. And was sentenced to 50 years in prison. And, I mean, she's already, like, in her 60s. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really crazy that that case happened. And I think that gives some people hope with cold cases. Right. Um, There have been other cold cases that we've talked about that have been solved. But, you know, they're always open. Yeah. They're never going to be... You never know know who's going to come forward. Yeah. And, you know, Griff always says that, you know, know, if you know something, say something. You know, we know who you are. We know where you are. Yeah. We're coming for you, no matter what you think. <laughs> and so for him, you know, he, he's, he makes that point, like, all the time. So that, I mean, I feel like sometimes in the news we feel that way, too. Like, mm-hmm. just because a case goes cold, like, it's going to come to my head one of these days, and I'm going to be like, hey, we should, you know, we should figure this Follow, one out, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, that's the hope of the podcast. One of these days I can solve, yeah. solve a case. Sure, cool. Sherlock Holman, you know? <laughs> P.I. it. Yeah, right. Well, with that then, you know, my biggest case that, that's coming up is John Robinson. Right. Now, mind you, he's not a Quad Cityan, which is so sad. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> is it, though? Is it, though? Is it sad? Um, well, I mean, for, for the sake of, obviously... He's a Midwesterner. He's so a Midwesterner, so it fits in the, it fits in the it's description, the title, in yeah. the box. But yeah. we're branching out of the area. A yeah, bit. and and we will slowly start branching out, you know, throughout the states. And I plan on putting out the call to other, you know, reporters and photographers. And hey, if you live in, you know, North Dakota, South Dakota, you know, yeah. wherever you are in the Midwest, like I looked at a map the other day, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna see where reporters are in these states and try to find their craziest case and tell them to send me information. And that's what I did with, with John Robinson. So John Robinson is a serial killer from the St. Louis area. And fun fact, Jonathan Ketz, our morning show anchor, his dad is an anchor down there. So he's been able to help me out with this. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he did not have to, 
But the case was brought to me because of ABC 2020. Mm -hmm. I saw this and I was like, wait, this happened? (laughs) I know like all the serial killers. You're telling me there's one like three hours away and I didn't know about it? But it was the early 2000s. His crime spree. fairly new. Yeah. His crime spree, though, started in the 80s. You know, his death count didn't really pick up until the 90s. And, of course, in 93, I was one. Oh, God, I'm so young. <laughs> You're dating yourself. I'm dating myself. But that case was just really fascinating. And so it's not only a one-parter, a two-part. There's three parts to it, and they're really long, <laughs> and I'm so proud of myself. Three whole parts for that so, one. For, so for the people who think my episodes are too too damn short and <laughs> not enough information and not bloody enough or gruesome enough, hey, coming up. Yeah, coming up, there's a three-parter. I'm pumped for it. I worked yeah. so hard on it, and it's, it's going to be so intense. That one's going to be great, and I think it's, like, so deserving of, like, the three-parter because... Like you said, he's not a Quad Cityan, so it's like, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of Adrian Reynolds, and I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of people have heard of Trudy Appleby, but mm-hmm. like, I'm not, I, I doubt a lot of people have heard of this one. And I so mean, giving if that I didn't context, hear of Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you really need to go in depth to explain yeah. all the crazy crap he was up to. Because like I explained to you, like, he he wasn't just like, you know, you know, rape and pillage and die, you know, like he wasn't like, you know, a Ted Bundy or, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer or, you know, any of those sorts. He kind of was like John Wayne Gacy in some sense of the word where, you know, he, he lived a completely double life. Yeah. And his crime spree didn't start with like torturing animals or, you know, kind of the triad of what a serial killer kind of builds up to. He would do financial schemes and and fraud cases and steal money from people, you know, between, you know, hundred dollars here or twenty five thousand yeah. dollars because of his crazy, you know, magazines or agriculture products and <laughs> it's so Midwest. Like when when you say, Hey, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna invest twenty five thousand dollars in agrigrow, you're just like, Jesus Christ, that's that's what you're gonna invest twenty five K in. You know what I could do with put twenty five K right now? Like, let me tell you what I could do with 25K. I wonder if, like, anyone in California has even heard that word. <laughs> Agriculture? Yeah. What? Just, like, in general. <laughs> like, invest in agro. Yeah. Agrigrow. It's like, really? Oh, and it was, he also had agrigrow, too. It's, ooh, like, it's like, ooh, I'm going to invest more money in two, not one. Are you fucking kidding me? But, I mean, like, that's, I mean, I don't know. I think that's... What's so scary about him, though, is that he's not, he's not in that, like, typical, like, he's still, like, a serious criminal, but mm-hmm. he's not in that typical framework that no, we always, like, no. people in. I mean, a lot of people think Ted Bundy is hot, mind you. I give, him, like, I give him, like, a five out of ten. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Dahmer is my babe. Uh, yeah. But for him, I mean, he's, he's doughy, he's short, you know, mm-hmm. his picture that he would put all, all over the internet, because mind you, he's called the internet's first serial killer, <laughs> you know, he would send this picture to people of him on a farm right. with like a cowboy hat and his boots and, you know, he, you know, and he you know tried so to look up. so yeah. sweet and kind. He's married with four kids when he's sending these yep. pictures. I mean, total like... Midwestern, Midwestern, sweet, kind, you know, helping the community and stuff like that. At the same time, he's online and he's like, 
hey, come live with me, and I'll take you all around the world, and I'll do this and this, and nope. then they get their heads beaten in, and, and then yeah. they're stuffed in barrels. It's like, wait, what? It makes so much sense, though, that this happens, like, at the very, like, start of, like, super social media, like, the internet, oh, yeah. like, raving. So, well, I, I mean, I hope... <laughs> People are, like, a little bit more cautious these days about oh, yeah. stuff like this. Like, I feel like we're always covering scams in the newsroom, mm-hmm. and it, like, wants... Like, I just want to, like... It's just so frustrating, because I'm, like, you guys... Like, people just need to be so much more cautious. Mm-hmm. And, like, internet security is just... It should be taught in schools, almost. <laughs> like, to see through this and oh. to just go slower. It would be so smart to teach that but then again they don't teach you what taxes are yeah that's true (laughs) like i don't know how i'm paying for my house right now what am i doing so i mean if only but only schools were slightly better (laughs) a little slightly kind of better but with that kind of transition so my big source for john robinson is a book by john douglas now john douglas if you haven't heard of the name then you might know the show Mind Hunters on Netflix. Boom and show. Such a great show. Everybody should watch this show. If you don't know what it's about, it's about FBI agents Mm -hmm. in the 80s. 70s. 70s? Yeah. It was a decade short. Um, But they it's about like was like psychological profiling mm-hmm. of like serial killers and these spree killers and mm-hmm. just people who commit these horrific crimes and they come up with like a better way to find them and track them down mm-hmm. and um, I don't I don't even know like that's yeah it's, 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 that's the it doesn't gist sound of it. like an exciting like <laughs> but story if you, but, but if you love serial killers yeah, I mean it's yeah. intense because you get to in a sense meet quote unquote Ed Kemper and Charles right. Manson and. You know, the people that made the headlines in the 70s, because that's when serial killers were popping. Yeah. Like, that that time, like, it's just crazy to me that yeah. they, I mean, it wasn't... Well, coming gen- fresh off of, like, Charles Manson, mm-hmm. Colts, and stuff like that, and then we get these massive serial killers mm-hmm. right after that. It's like... And then we go into school shootings, and that's right. a whole other Yeah, body. it's like, it's weird how, like, the trend of crimes just, like, really shifts. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's still serial killers out there. Yeah, but yeah. There are, you, you got to be, I mean, super stealthy, though, yeah. you know? Yeah, because in age this, of information. Yeah, because, well, because in, in the 70s and 80s, they, you know, a lot of counties and states, they didn't talk to one another. So oh, if you right. So if you had, you know, a case happening, so, like, for instance, in the Quad Cities, if you had a case happening in Scott County, and there's a similar exact crime that happened in Rock mm-hmm. Island County, then they wouldn't talk to one another, and then whoever killed, you know, person A in Scott County and person B in Rock Island County, you never know. Yeah. And so that was part of the problem, and that's how, like, Ted Bundy especially was able to get away with it for so long was because he'd hop county to county in Washington, and then he went down to Oregon, and then he went down to Colorado. (laughs) Like, he bounced, you know, to to avoid detection, and that's how he was able to get away with it for so long. But And then the... Profiling happened, and that's where uh, you in the show Mine Hunters you have Holton Ford, mm-hmm. and that's Jonathan Groff. And yeah. if you don't know him, he's one of the FBI agents. Yeah, at John- the time. Yeah, Jonathan Groff though it plays. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm so weird. He's also in Frozen. Oh, is he? Is yeah. he one of the voices? Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> he was also in Glee. Oh my oh, god, I'm who so- does he play in Frozen? Uh, Kristoff. 
Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I need to go see Frozen too. I mean, like that's a tangent, but yeah, but, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but so Jonathan Groff plays Holton Ford, and Holton Ford is based on John Douglas. And yeah. since John Douglas has retired from the FBI, he has written about a dozen books, mm-hmm. and he, I mean his work is absolutely phenomenal like yeah. I can't stop buying his, his he has all my money at this point <laughs> he needs all my money at this point but so he wrote this book that really is the big source for my Jonathan uh, my John Robinson episodes and that's uh, anyone you want me to be and it's about the internet's first serial killer and I mean that I had to read it once and then I read it a second time while writing the episode because it was just like wait this happened. Wait, this happened. It was just crazy to me. Elise, <laughs> I see you. Please remember this moment and keep this in. Elise edits the. Elise edits our podcast, so she's well, fantastic. Yeah. She's I love us. her so much. She puts up with a lot of my shit. But with anyone you want me to be, the book, the amazing book. I came up with this crazy idea, and Hannah is, like, 1,000% for it right now. I'm all in for it. I, yeah. I mean, I love reading. I love books. I think that there's a wealth of information, and people don't read enough. Anyways. (laughs) Oh, trust me. I feel the same way. But I want to start, in some sense of the word, the Bloody Good Book Club. (laughs) I think that's the most hilarious title I mean, yeah. Missing and Murdered is a good name, but yeah. Bloody Good Book, Book Club, Club, I mean... The alliterations there. It's just great. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But the Bloody Good Book Club is not, I, I think, should only be for books. Because, yeah. I mean, A, you should everybody should read everything that John Robinson ever published, or John, John Douglas posted about John Robinson. He also wrote the Mindhunter book. Mm-hmm. He also wrote this book called Killer Across the Table. I think that's his newest one. Mm-hmm. And that book was, I mean, it's about people who aren't as well-known, you know, like Ted Bundy and all that. It's right. these, you know, small-time killers and breaking down the psychological side to this. And so, I mean, it was, it was such a good read. I could not stop reading. Yeah. I couldn't put it down. I literally laid on the couch for like eight hours and just <laughs> read it straight. It's like a 300-page book, and I couldn't put it down. But the Bloody Good Book Club... Um, you also have that. The newest book out that I think that everybody also should read is called American Predator. Mm. Oh, good name. Uh, American Predator is about a book. Um, it was a serial, or not a serial killer. He he is this guy who he's pretty much caught after one killing in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Now, number one. Okay, Alaska, though. If you're going to commit a crime. It's a good place to go, man. <laughs> Jeez. So it starts there, and he then goes to Texas. And as the book kind of unravels, it it's recognized, it's realized that he's a serial killer, and he's been able to get away with it for so long. And he has a track record. I, it, it's a good book. I don't even want to say his name because I don't want people to be like, oh, let me just Google it. I don't yeah. want to read this book. No, pick up the book, read it, buy it for your phone, buy it for your Kindle iPad, whatever, I, I highly recommend it. And then all that good stuff. All that good stuff. And then the Bloody Good Book Club should also be about TV because there's yeah. so much good TV series out there. Like I sit so there much. and I 
list off every crime show yeah. series. TV and movies, too, because I feel like sometimes people will want, like get into horror films and it's like The Exorcist or mm-hmm. The Babadook or something when it's like, there are true stuff that are happening that are just as creepy. Just as creepy. And scary. Yeah. Well, the the big one right now that I think everybody should really watch is The Confession Killer. That was the newest one that was posted, I think, like a week ago. Oh, my God. I didn't move from my couch the whole week. It's like six episodes. It's not yeah. even that long. And it was so good. It was well produced. It was well written. What's it, that one about? It kept me in suspense. I mean... It was just brilliant. Uh, so, And a lot of times they do that with, like, these kind of crimes. They'll do, like, a six-episode series mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Yeah, so The Confession Killer is about Henry Lee Lucas. So in, like, I think it was the 80s, he came out, he was arrested for one crime, for one body, and kind of like the American Predator, but it's two totally different people. And he then admits to Texas police, oh, I've killed a hundred people. And then <laughs> as the 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 days go on, he's like in the weeks and months and stuff like that, he's, you know, drawing pictures of these women and, you know, oh, I stabbed them, oh, I shot them, oh, I did this and that and this and that. And then he's like, oh no, I've killed 150 people. No, I've killed 360 people. <laughs> Just keeps going. And it's like, okay. That's insane. Yeah. And in the 80s, they, they set up this task force. You know, they're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to find all these women. We're going to solve all these cases, you know, and close all these cold cases and everything else. Well, unfortunately, it comes out later that there's no way that Henry Lee Lucas could kill 360 people. Right. Yeah. Because the timeline that he gave for all these crimes were not possible. Right. Like, one would be in, like, Washington State one day and Texas the next. Yeah. You have to drive absolutely nonstop. No bathroom breaks. Right. No gas. Right. You know. You, I mean, even flights would be difficult. Exactly. And he was home. He was allegedly homeless. So he wouldn't have the money to take a flight. Yeah. He would have to drive. Yeah. And so that case really is really interesting not only for the fact that, you know, the police were so gung-ho on solving all these cases across the country. And they... None of they, them were true. And you have now, again, we go back to, you know, we go back to the victims and their families. You have all these families who say it couldn't have been him. Yeah. And not only that, a lot of those police departments and sheriff's departments, they don't want to reopen them to this day. Yeah. Because that looks bad on them. Of course. Are you kidding me? Classic. So it, it, it's one of those shows, like I said, I spent the whole weekend watching it. I was blown away. I mean, there's just so many good shows out there, but I mean, that one, that should top your list. Yeah. Like this weekend. Go take, binge. Go binge. <laughs> Netflix. You need a password? I'll give you one. Like you got to watch it. That's no. amazing. <laughs> I love it. I, I mean, I don't know. I just love book clubs. I I've always been a bit part of a book club. I was doing one in college. I am not in one now, but now I'm in one. <laughs> now you're in the bloody good book club. But the first book I think that was like true crime related that like just I could not put down was in true in in cold blood. Oh, yeah. in, did you read that? 
I've heard of it, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm like, you know, it's one of those where you're like, it's a classic. I need it's like that. A, yeah. yeah, I mean, Truman Capote wrote it. He wrote Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, um, that one's about the, I think it's like Clutter Family or Cutter Family mm-hmm. in Holcomb. Oh, okay. And yeah, that one's like just a terrifying story. But um, Capote was like he like went down to Kansas mm-hmm. and was like interviewing all these people, and he became friends with like. The murderers. Oh and my god! It was crazy. Yeah. So I mean, that was like one of the first books that I've ever really got into. Really got into that was true crime related. Yeah. Um, and it's a classic. So mine. Can't wait to talk about more. Yeah, mine. Mine. I think, and a lot of people who know me know this is my my all time favorite crime book is the Columbine book by oh, Dave. Oh gosh. Cohen. Yeah. I mean that book. It's a thick so, boy. It's it's thick, but it's so well put together. Dave yeah. Cullen, man, he blew my mind. And it's not only about what happened in Columbine. Um, it, it also was, you know, what happened before it? What led up to it? Right. What were some of the warning signs that were brought to the attention of everybody, but nobody yeah. did anything? Then it obviously breaks down what happened that day in April, ni- uh, April 19th, 1999. And then it goes from that to the aftermath. Mm -hmm. Because you got to remember with a lot of those mass shootings, especially one of the very first ones that really made headlines. um, I mean, there had been numerous ones prior to, even one at the University of Iowa, fun fact. Um, But it it was the fact that, you know, here's all these victims, here's all these families, here's all these people who are wounded, I mean, paralyzed, everything else. So you have that side to it. But then you also have how the media reacted to the mm-hmm. shooting and what they learned from it and what we've learned from it even right. since then. And then how lawmakers reacted. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, we're in a day and age where, you know, we're still weird about, you know, gun control and gun laws. Yep. And, and you know, I'm not I'm not going to give, you know, a biased opinion because there's no point, you know. Yeah, it's there's just gonna, really, I mean, there's really not. There's, there's you yeah. know, an argument to everything these days. So there's no point to, you know, yeah. dive into my thoughts and feelings about yeah. it. But... That book really helped break down why there was such difficulty, even back in 20 years ago, mm-hmm. as to why they weren't able to pass gun legislation sure. then or, you know, make some sort of massive change then. So, yeah. so Dave Cullen, I actually, I actually got to actually message him on Instagram oh, earlier man, this year. That's so cool. And he, I mean, he, I love social media. I love I really social do. media. But he was so kind. I mean, I told, I told him that, you know, his book, you know, was just absolutely fascinating. And then not only that, but his other book, Parkland, that mm. he released, I think, last year. I mean, that one, I mean, is just, that's another really good book that everybody should pick up at one yeah. point. Because it's not about what happened at Parkland, um, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, but it was also about, um, where these kids tried to do with gun le- legislation sure. that wasn't done 20 years ago. Right. And he followed them. He was with them. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he tries to go, you know, he goes with them to the uh, Florida State Capitol when they first tried to, you know, make their lawmakers listen. They mm-hmm. He was with them when they planned March for Our Lives. That's crazy. That very first, you know, the very first really yeah. big rally and stuff. So he, I mean, he was just, and he's such a brilliant writer, and I love him so much. So, I mean, he's just great, so... It's a good one. It's a good one. Lots of good stuff to talk about. Yeah. In 2020, man, it's going to be good. It's going to be, be so, so good. good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I can't wait. I can't wait for everybody to listen. I'm so glad yeah. to be back. I mean, I've been, yeah. I've been working so hard two weeks after I did not publish for Halloween. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, writing episodes and researching and 
getting everything ready to go. So I hope, again, no matter what, Jan 16th, January 16th, 2020, we are back. Mm -hmm. What episode, though? We'll have to wait and see. Are we, so I don't even know this. Are we going to publish the episodes from Halloween that we didn't get to? Yeah, yeah. So um, one of the ones that uh, actually had an update as well, uh, Chester Weiger. Yeah. He was the Starved Rock State Park killer. Right. He was released. He's been. He's going to be released. That's right. He was released. Well, oh my gosh. Yeah, he's been up for. He was up for parole, and it was granted. He'll be out. Actually, they they made a delay, so he'll be out in February. So, right. but so I'm hoping when his full release happens, I'm going to publish the episode. But yeah, that's that was, crazy. That's oh my gosh. I he's for, he's in his 80s. Yeah. For, so for that episode, I did a lot of writing for like the web post for that. Mm-hmm. And I just was going through all of these archives and just got into like this spiral of a dark hole of research, that's which tends to happen. That's the fun part <laughs> about this podcast. But the Chicago Tribune has been like super following that case and have, no. they've been doing such a great job of, they actually interviewed him multiple times I and I, I mean, I, I can't believe he's getting out. I know. And I... And the way they, they explained it, you know, the way that, you know, the Chicago Tribune wrote about it, where, yeah. you know, the parole board said, you know, he's like 80. It's, it's a lot because of his age, yeah, right? he's 85. Who can he harm? Yeah. And, you know, you gotta, again, the family there saying it doesn't matter. Right. Both sides. I'm pretty sure he's, like, friends with some of the victims. Or he's conversed with, like, mm-hmm. the victims' families. But and they were some, like, yeah, he's old. Like, yeah. whatever. And, and then there's some that just are just, like... He committed... And he did a lot of time. Like... 60 years. Yeah. I I mean... You know, I I don't... Justice means different things to different people. Yeah. And... And, I mean, originally, I think his thing was is that he was supposed to be sentenced to life. Right. And the jury believed that it was life in prison. Mm -hmm. But they didn't realize that it was life with the possibility of of parole. Right. And that's where they were caught off guard mm-hmm. when they're like, okay, he, you know, could be up for parole in 25 years. And they're like, wait, 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 well, what? <laughs> yeah. We, we thought life was life was life. Yeah, Why yeah. isn't he staying in? Yeah. And, you know, some jurors say, you know, now, hey, maybe his, co- you know, confession was coerced of killing, you know, three women at Starved mm-hmm. Rock State Park. Yeah. Other people are like, nah, he, he knew too much. I mean, he right. led police to this body, you know, he knows too much, but Again. Yeah, like should. the last live. I think it was like the last living juror mm-hmm. or something doesn't believe that he did it. Yeah, her her dying breath was, he's, he's, he's innocent. innocent. Yeah, and he's maintained innocence this even up until now. Time, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, who really knows? But. Yeah, and then the other case that I was going to cover, um, the Ripper crew out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Again, Midwest, not in our area, yeah. Midwest. Yeah. Um, that case, I mean... It's it's why I wanted to do it on Halloween. It has that Satanist, you know, right. culty kind of feel to Super. it. Super. Um, but I mean, that was some that was some brutal killings of you know you know innocent women who didn't deserve to die, and the three of them or yeah the three of them were all charged. And that case was hard to break down for me because of obviously the details and stuff. So yeah. But I mean, it's written, it's ready, and just yeah. like now, like okay, I gotta go finish it you know so I'm hoping to get that one done too it's going to be a good one if I do like I said I got so many cases I got like I have like this size paper so like I don't know like an 11 by 8 like a long (laughs) piece of paper okay and it's it's full full 
full I'm of sure. lo- not only local names, but regional names, state names. I mean, I've looked at, you know, Nebraska and Michigan and Wisconsin. Yeah. And, you know, one of these days I'll do a heavy hitter episode where I do touch on other serial killers, mm-hmm. you know, that you probably already know about and you probably already, you know, have read everything about. But, right. I mean, their cases are just so crazy, crazy yeah. you know. So I'm hoping that 2020 will bring a whole lot of gore, a whole lot of craziness, and I really hope to blow your mind. I, Like I said, I'm so excited to be back. I'm yeah. so excited. It's exciting. It was a good, I think it was a really good solid launch. Mm-hmm. And 2020 is going to be the year. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping even with this episode, we'll hit 100,000 downloads, and you can only go up from there. You can only go up. I mean, unless you totally tank. Yeah. So we got a new, our New Year's resolutions. We're ready to go. We hope <laughs> you guys are ready Don't to tank. listen. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tank. Don't tank. Only grow. <laughs> so keep on listening. Like I said, January 16th, 2020, man. We're back. We're back. Back and better than ever. So stay tuned. Thank you for listening to our long random <laughs> conversation of yeah. us sitting in a booth together yeah when hannah should be writing web scripts and <laughs> i should be at home asleep but who cares it's fine we're here we do this for you yeah we do this for you guys this is this is all for you so keep listening in and uh if you guys have any cases and suggestions of uh you know what you want me to cover man send it in news at wqad.com or post on our facebook page yep um you can also follow our podcast page yep uh, wqad podcast so tune into that subscribe to that and be able to follow along there yep. and uh yeah keep listening yeah send us messages on facebook i'm always in those dms yeah you, you are say so yeah and then, respond yeah please please let us know because i mean i i only know so much yeah. you know so keep listening thanks guys thanks